You're listening to the Sprint Hard Iterate Fast podcast, a tech careers podcast designed to help you break into tech and skyrocket your income. I'm your host, Reggie James. After breaking into tech and making a series of the right career moves, I ended up building a $2.5 million tech consulting business. This season, we're traveling the great state of Texas, bringing you real life stories of some amazing people breaking into tech and thriving in their careers. These stories are sure to inspire and motivate you in your own career journey. Second year, I become math department chair. So then I was over um, the math department and all teachers, whatever content they taught, right? Is that common for a second year teacher? No. Yeah, I think so. What happened was, so how big is data science? The high school teacher who broke into tech and is making waves. Second year, I become math department chair. You'll find out how to leverage your teaching background for tech career, how to stay resilient and keep trying new things, and learn if a career in data science is right for you. I don't know. I kind of want to start with your your educational journey, like, and then jump into your career a little bit, like what you did out of out of school. But like, you have a mathematics background. Yes. What? Talk us talk, through talk that. Us. How do we, how do we yeah. get here? How do we get into yeah. that? It started uh, with a green algebra book. Uh-oh. I was in fifth grade, and <laughs> I would just like, you know, the report card is like, you know, good student talks a lot. That was my issue. And so then when math came, my fifth grade teacher was like, okay, teacher, we get it. You got through the worksheet. So she gives me this green algebra book, and she's like, this is your math work. And I'm like, all right, go. And I would just go and figure it out. And then I'd go up to her and be like, hey, I have a question about this. And she would show me, I'm like, great, got it. And I would just go. And then she'd be like, okay, math time is over. And I'm like, wait, no, like, I'm still working on this. So always loved math. It was great. Tutored my friend in high school. But then it's like, okay, pick a, you know, major. And I'm like, no, I can't do math. That's going to be hard in college. Like, high school was easy. It's nothing. But I don't think I should do that in college. So I choose something responsible like accounting. My mom's in accounting. That's a solid job. You get a good career, you know. Um, business classes, though, were really boring for me. Okay. I just wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, so then after my freshman year, I was like, that summer, just noodling around. And I was like... I do think I should challenge myself. I should do with what I actually love. And so I want to switch my major to math. Um, But I'm like, what do you do with a math degree? I don't know. You become a teacher, right? So I have a pursuing math emphasis in secondary education. Okay. The education classes are boring. (laughs) So so I'm talking to my advisor and she's like, Keisha, you can do way more with with a math degree. I'm like, well, what else? Give me some options here. So that's when I heard about applied mathematics going down the analyst role. And I was like, okay, yes, this is great. Start taking coding classes, modeling classes, statistics classes. And it's like, yes, this is math, but it has practicality. Um, There's implications. There is a business problem you're trying to solve. And that was way more interesting than... I think just the business for business sakes and yeah. just like accounting spreadsheets, numbers, balances and checks. I'm like, that is just boring. boring. It's not like problem solving math, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's how I decided on applied math. That's interesting <laughs> because I'm like, okay, like I did business and I'm like, yeah, some of it can be a bit dry, but like math, like math is like, like it's just it's just that like what what is it about math that gets you? Because you and you were saying like okay it was too you felt like it was easy in 
in kind of grade school and, and, and beyond. Yeah. But then thinking in college, you thought it might be too hard. I'm guessing yeah. for you, it probably wasn't too hard. No, it did get, you know, challenging at times. There were certain subjects that were for sure, like abstract algebra. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I never had to take, because I was applied mathematics, then I got to stay in more of the, like, concrete math, yeah. um, where it's clear that 2 plus 2 equals 4, great. We're not really going into the theory of math, and why is it that 2 plus 2 equals 4? I'm like, ah, I don't know. Look at the four dots. Like, it just does. Yeah. But an abstract algebra was one class where it was very much more proof-based and yeah. more of if this relationship is true, what else must be true? Mm -hmm. um, and so that for sure was was challenging. Yeah. But I had an amazing professor, um, and I really liked her. And yeah. so I took both semesters, one and two, even though I didn't need two. She yeah. somehow talked me into taking it. But, yeah, it's just like here's a problem. There are these set of rules you have to follow, solve the problem. Yeah, okay. And I like to problem solve. I'm yeah. a puzzler. I'm like, this piece has to fit. Let's figure it out. Is there anybody else in your family that has a similar kind of math mind that well, lights up with that? Let my dad tell it, right? Yeah. I'm, of course, I wanted to be just like my dad, and he was a math teacher too. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't okay. know about that, right. Dad, All but right. There okay. we go. There's the connection. There's the connection. <laughs> but I will say it's more of my mom, yeah. and that's probably just our interactions growing up. You know, it would be like, guess the grocery bill. Yeah. Or we're walking around the store, and I'm like, oh, look, Mom, this is on sale. It's 30% off. And she's like, okay, so how much is it? And I'm like, uh. So it was her who really instilled, that's like, quick math and just doing things in your head when you're shopping, when you're doing, that kind of stuff. That's It's interesting to see how from a young age those things influence yeah. you those little like that's a very small thing like guess the grocery bill but yeah how that can leave an impression on you later in life that you're like oh i really like this and then obviously uh having a dad who's a math teacher <laughs> i guess he taught taught some math course in the military i don't i don't okay. really know i'm not gonna hang my hat yeah. on that <laughs> And then your mom and accountant. Yes. Okay, so you 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 were around numbers. Yes. So kind of yes. kind of it kind of makes sense. Okay. For sure. For so sure. applied mathematics. Tell me a little bit more. Like what what can you do with applied? Like talk to me like I'm a two second grader. Like what can you do with applied mathematics when you learned? Okay, there was a thing called applied mathematics. What was yeah. the what was the the I don't know. What were you told about the career? prospects of applied mathematics that said, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, I never saw that show numbers, but in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, I don't know, 2010s, I guess it was a popular show, right? I'd heard of it, but I've just never watched it. But there was this poster in the like math hallway and it was like, this is what you can do. You can be an analyst. You're going to come in and like work for an NSA and solve problems by like looking at numbers and cracking code. And I'm like, heck yes, do it. <laughs> Sign me up. Like, that looks cool. So, <laughs> did you ever see the show Numbers? I, I have it. Now I want to look it up. But have you heard of it, though? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. No. Okay. <laughs> and I want to, now I want to know. So, yeah. Um, that'd be me. So, it was, that was, like, the goal was I'm going to work for NSA. I'm going to be an analyst. It's going to be great. I'm going to be, like, helping people, solving crime, using math. That's... That, that was it. Yeah, I guess that's what an applied mathematician does. Mm -hmm. I 
in all of these STEM fields, there are times where you kind of pivot and you are doing more like modeling or coding or, you know, so you can do biology and you'll get to a point where like, okay, actually you start doing this or chemistry, physics. And so math kind of has that same root where you get to a point and now you're doing more of coding and modeling and data gathering, um, which is really why I just encourage any STEM career, any STEM major. Um, a lot of my coworkers are, all of us were very, there's physicists, there's chemists, there's, um, we had some epidemiologists on the team, mm. which was crazy when 2020 hit, we were like, we have two. Yeah. So, you know, like yeah. Yeah. whoever thought that their degree would come into play so soon after they graduated. Um, but yeah, so I think it's just when you have a STEM education, when you have this background, you see problems differently and you think through the like scientific method of, okay, you have a hypothesis, you test it out, you need to prove it. Mm. And that's really just the thought of a data scientist and yeah. how I kind of think and how I got where I got. That's really interesting. Um, I want to I want to stick with the education thing for a little bit more, but I want to understand, uh, I guess I want to put it to you, you don't see a lot of black and brown people in in those fields. And yes. I wonder, did you encounter many people in your education that were doing the kind of stuff you were doing? Or like, what was that like? Were there yeah. people that you could relate to in that space? Or was it, just give us a picture of that. Yeah, um, and my college classes, definitely not. Um, I think I said before, like uh, when I was in my teacher education classes, it was like all women and it was yeah. just a bunch of girls. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to applied math. And I switch over and it was coding classes, all guys, and then me. And I'm like, cool. And there was already like, I don't know, six guys. So one, you could tell that like, there's not 30 people in this class anymore. We're down to like six of us. And then after the six, there's one girl. So you're, you know that you're doing something really different yeah. when your class sizes shrink, um, yeah. when then all of a sudden you're the only girl. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I was also the only minority. Yeah. So yeah. it is different. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel discouraged. Mm -hmm. And it could just be the personality that I have, the way that I was raised, the Christian upbringing of like, if this is what you want to do, do it, you belong here. Um, and the school I was surrounded with and the professors, everyone was very supportive. No one was like, ooh, Keetra, we don't know if you should really go in coding, like that yeah. may not be you. Yeah. Um, no matter how long I stood in my, you know, officer's uh, or my professor's office hours, he would still be like, okay, great, yeah, let me help you with this. It wasn't like, you're really struggling and you need a lot of help. This probably isn't for you. Yeah. No one said that to me. I didn't have that experience. And I think it is unfortunate that other people have these experiences, have teachers that were not encouraging, mm. um, but I just always did. And so that, and I believed it for myself, I think. So more than other people believing in me, I mm. believed in me. Yeah. And then it was just nice that other people supported that too. Yeah, that's that's really encouraging to hear. And uh, I'm, I'm reflecting on my own educational experience mm -hmm. and, and thinking about, yeah, being in like our like student housing area and seeing all the CS students and I'm like there are no <laughs> girls there there are no women in that space yeah. and there are definitely not any minorities in that space yeah. it's kind of like that's what kind of just came up for me of like what was that like because I'm sure you probably were yeah. by yourself in that space and yeah it sounds like you did have a really supportive environment though um I want to talk about your transition out of 
kind of school and into the workforce? Like, what did yeah. you do when you graduated? What was your, what was the thing that you went into? Uh, yes. So we have this dream girl, dream goal, sorry, of working for NSA. Yeah. Um, those dreams were cut short real soon. And then I was like, okay, well, what do I do now? So I'm still applying to analyst jobs, but they're looking for experience and I have none. I've just graduated. Um, my mom finds this management training program that sounds fancy to her. So I just like go for it. And I end up working at Hertz rental car, hated it. I am not a salesperson. People must buy that insurance. I mean, like, I don't even know. So then I, get forced to resign they're like well we could fire you but if you want to like apply somewhere else and you can't rehire and i was like forget it i'll was quit was this like a corporate job or was this like a branch job this was a branch job okay. i mean i'm picking people up from the car from the car repair shop bringing them back renting them out someone's going on vacation they need a car yeah. so very much at the branch just working a little yeah. worker bee um yeah quit yeah slash get How fired long did you do it mm. I think it was like March and then by December. Yeah, yeah, you didn't last very long. Ow. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was working at Forever 21 okay. and I'm, you know, at work and I'm like, I have a college degree yeah. and I am a retail associate right now. <laughs> like, the, I, my college degree, I have student loans. <laughs> this is not okay. What is going on? Right, you kind of have this crisis. Like, I got a four degree for this to yeah. work. At. So, we had some not immediate success for sure. Yeah. But I decided, okay, well, what everyone keeps asking me for experience. So, what do I have experience in? I worked in financial aid um, as my work study job in college. Yeah. So I had to start applying to universities. Okay, who's looking for a financial aid employee? I got experience. Let me do it. Um, I ended up out at USC because I was like. I'm tired of Colorado. I yeah. want the beach. So you moved. You so I move. Okay. Straight up, not even a year before I, after I'd graduated. So by March that following year. You got the job and then moved, or you moved and then got the job? I got the job and then moved. Okay. But it was very short because they were like, I flew out there for an interview, and they were like, okay, well... You know, if you get it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, let me know. So we were driving out there. I had no idea where I was living. Mm. We just had a couple of places that we would look at. We got to the first place, and it was so bad. And I was almost going to cry because I was like, I cannot live here. So we go to the next place, and I'm like, okay, this seems better. Even my parents were both like, no, this, this seems better. Um, and so... They helped me out because I was like, well, I can't afford this on my own. Yeah, yeah. They were like, we'll help so you out. more expensive Yeah, there, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. yeah, what I was paying in rent then, I didn't pay in, when, in 2012. I didn't pay in rent in Austin until like 2019, yeah, 2018. Okay. Like yeah. LA is crazy, it's crazy. expensive. It's crazy. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry. We're like, I'm going down line talking about rent. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's all what are you talking yeah. about. Whatever you want to talk about. So then I worked at USC. L.A. is not my kind of people. And so I left L.A. I moved to Dallas. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> it was too much. To, I'm you, just gonna... about, you ain't just about to gloss over that. <laughs> not my kind of people. What's... What's wrong with LA? I'm not from LA, so you ain't about to hurt my feelings. What's wrong yeah, with LA? I'm 
I'm just I'm just more down to earth, you yeah, know. Okay. I'm gonna wear my jeans and t-shirts most days. It's nice to dress like I would go to the grocery store and just feel underdressed. And yeah, I'm like, but I'm at the funny. grocery yeah, store. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, I didn't realize it was an event. <laughs> You know, um, and then I moved out there and I didn't know anyone. So going from college where you have all of your friends always around 24 seven, and then I moved to a new city where I know a handful of people. It was just very lonely. I had no social life and I was like, this is not for me. It's not what I want to do. How long did you last? 13 months. 13 months. Okay. Yes. All right. So yes. you've made some progress. Yeah. The last one was like eight months and this one's 13 months. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. Cool. Well, that's a big move. And... Yeah, it sounds like it's not your vibe. Not my vibe. Yeah, okay. Tried it again in Dallas. Okay, so you so was it was it Southern California to, to Dallas? Yeah. Directly? Yeah. Well what did you do in Dallas? Also worked at in a financial aid capacity. Okay, so another university? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, that started to become your jam then, because that was like your undergrad thing, then you got a job in that. And yeah. then it's kinda like, okay, now you're in the university setting, you can like jump into other ones. Yeah. What was wrong with the Dallas one? Like, what happened there? Uh, my job also included academic advising, yeah. and I was tired of calling adults and saying, hey, you should go to class. You know, I was just kind of like, oh, I'm not yeah. into it. I also was just so disheartened about, like, then of those who would come and be like, yes, I really want to get my degree. I want to come back to school. We're like, okay, great. Take these entry exams and let's see what English and Matthew test into. And then they don't test into college-level English yeah. and math. Yeah. So then they have to take the, the intro course. Classes. Yeah, the remedial I courses. They're paying college credit. Oh, I know about that. They're not, yeah, college. Uh, college prices. Prices. For- for non-college credits. credits. Yes, that yes. don't go to your college degree. Yeah. Oh, I know about that. And it was it was just disheartening. I was like, I can't. Yeah, People rough. are trying to, like, better themselves and advance their degrees. And they're just like, oh, yeah, but first spend a bunch of money on stuff you should have learned in high school and mastered in high school. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't keep sitting with that. Yeah. It was just. It's discouraging, isn't it? Yeah. It's like. It's almost like I, I'm, I'm projecting my situation <laughs> into your seat. I get, it would be very disheartening seeing the situations where you're like, man, like you should have learned this a while ago. And mm-hmm. now you're at this stage in life trying to get these basic skills. Yeah. And you've got, you've got kids, you've got, yeah. you know, you've got bills to pay. You don't have the time to actually dedicate to really studying yeah. this. Like you're starting from... A really low position mm-hmm. and I can imagine being in a, an environment where you're meant to be like helping people get money to do this and you're kind of like this ain't about to be money yeah. well spent yeah and just student loans are intense you know yeah. and, the, and people are kind of like oh I qualify for how much and you're like okay but like let's think about this like upon graduation like let's look at that calculator of your monthly payment and just always trying to be aware of that mm. and then when it's like you're adding in two classes that aren't going towards your degree, but you still have to pay back them, and you know, on the loan. It was just, and and the thing for people in that situation is that, like, you you can't look that far into the future because yeah. you're not used to looking that far into the future. Like, yeah. you're used to looking at like what's the next few weeks. Yep. Like I got X amount of dollars in the bank account, and I got this many hours mm-hmm. like at my job. Mm-hmm. Like something ain't gonna work. Yeah. So if 
Uncle Sam going to give me X amount of dollars to take this course, which I need to take yeah. this course, which I need to get this degree to, yeah. like, well, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Yep. And so you get you get into this track. And I never thought about being on the other side of someone, like, sitting in the, in the seat where it's like, I'm going to help you get this, but knowing that maybe this might not be the best thing for you long term. Is that correct? Is that is that what you were seeing? Like, what was that like? Yeah, I think it was more of, um, for some people, right, it is it was the right choice. And it yeah. was, okay, I'm going to have to take these, but I'm taking it seriously. I'm going to take my remedial courses, then I'm going to get in. I just have a couple of, you know, sometimes it's people trying to finish their degree, and, yeah. like, I just have these classes, or, oh, maybe you're just... It made sense for some mm. people. Where it started to become disheartening was we are only grabbing people and we're only finding students who have to take this remedial class. Ouch. Like how, so now it's like, what demographic are we targeting like here okay. where every new student comes in, they have to take remedial English and math and they're not prepared? Like, mm. I just... I just didn't like that where, okay, every new student, here I am having this conversation with them or prospective student, you know. Looks like you're going to have to take this. This is the financial situation. Looks like you have to take these courses. And it was just like, really? Every student, all the students, who are you targeting? You're advertising. Like that's, that's the business model. Yes, it very much is. It very much is. A lot of these certain types of universities... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. Daytime programming. Right. If they have an ad on TV, they're yeah. targeting people. Y'all listening? <laughs> are y'all like, paying attention? Just are you listening careful. to this? Just be careful. Just be. Just be careful. Yeah, yeah, we didn't expect to get that kind of wisdom out of this, but <laughs> it's yeah, there. That's that's. Uh, yeah, I I relate to that. We we're not here to talk about me, but I relate to that. Um, <laughs> okay. And I and I feel you on that. And I I never really thought about that that side of things. Um, so I can understand why you didn't want to continue down that pathway. So how long did you last in Dallas doing that? Uh, two years. Two years, okay. Yeah. All right, so two. we're making progress. Making <laughs> progress, lasting a little longer Lasting cities. a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then what was the next move? The next move was teaching, Okay. right? So if people aren't leaving high school prepared for the real world, prepared to enter college, well, then I need to go down to high school Makes and I sense. need to fix the problem here. Makes sense. And I need to teach people, yo, you can get this. Yeah. I always believe that math can be hard, but I also believe it's just how people teach it and how, yeah. and if you're not a good teacher, they can be very like blockers where you're like, you need to explain it a different way. Yeah. They just don't understand. So many of my friends, the teacher would be on the board, they'd be saying something, and then my friend would just, I don't know, blank out, and then they turned to me and like, could you re-explain that? Mm -hmm. Like, So I just knew that, you know what, I know I get math. I seem to also be able to explain it well to others. Mm -hmm. I see a need in the community. I see where there are gaps in understandings and learnings and therefore just creating further gaps in society. And I want to go yeah. be a fixer. Yeah, that's 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 what's up. Yeah. I, I, I have to stop myself because I'm like, <laughs> yo, I sucked at math. And mm -hmm. I had teachers that like, I, I'm thinking one teacher in particular, I'm like, yo, she did not care. She was just gonna, <laughs> She was going to shoot the material at you. And if you didn't get it, it's because you were dumb. Yeah. And she would tell you that. Mm. And I'm like, yo, like, what you're talking about, what you're saying is is, is so true. Yeah. Like, being able to explain it a different way, because maybe they don't get it that way. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need to hear it a different way, a different, mm -hmm. you know, 
multiple times. Yes. Um, yes. Were you successful in um, helping people at an earlier stage to, to learn math? Like, how did that go? Yeah. Um, I think it went well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we'll do, we'll start off humble brag, but yeah. um, so I started my first year and when you're in, in Texas, you have to pass the Algebra One star test in order to graduate high school. So as a ninth grader, you have this really big test at the end of the year that's like going to set up the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, you also have to pass the class. So pass the class and the test, you know, two separate kind of qualifications. Well, my first year, I had probably six sections, that sounds about right, six sections of Algebra One, yeah. and I had a 54% pass rate. Just over half. Yeah. Just okay. over half of my six students. Six sections, that means six classes? Like yes. Like six different classes? Yes, six different so, classes. So, like, what is that? Like, a, a class is, like, 22 students, 23, 24? Uh, they could vary. So, yeah, we'll, we'll say that. Yeah, okay. So, like, what is that, 120 students? You're the math person. Don't let me do the math. Yeah, How sounds many? about right. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay. 54%. Okay, cool. So, what, what then? So, then... I'm like, okay, I'm not giving up. First year was rough. The students were rough, but also they're testers. They have a lot of new teachers come in and say, hey, I'm going to change the world and come and teach these low-income students, right? And then they leave when the low-income students are like, you don't really care about us, yeah. you know? Um, so when I come back year after year after year and they're like, okay, well, she's staying. She's chill, you know? I yeah. really think it was really just the second year. They're like, oh, Miss Desmond, you're back. And yeah. I'm like, told you guys, yeah, I would be I would here. Be here. <laughs> um, second year, I become math department chair. Okay. Um, what does that mean? So then I was over um, the math department and all teachers, whatever content they taught, right? So thinking about, hey, guys, what are classroom strategies we want to implement? What are classroom policies? What are we preparing students for? What is their best track? Going to district meetings. Um, so, yeah. Is it, that it, common for a second-year teacher? No. To, yeah, I think so. What happened was our current math department chair, she got promoted to an assistant principal, and then they looked among and they were like, Keetra, you're... Yeah, we, we know who it is. You, you know, know? You know? We, it's, 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 like, it's you. It's you. You know it's you, too. Come on. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, okay all we're right, doing this. All right, all right. Um, you know, still have my six sections, improve some more. You know, I don't remember year two, um, pass rate, or year three. Year three, um, more progress. I start teaching an AVID course, which is um, helping students prepare for college and just teaching them study materials. Um, I was awarded the Campus Teacher of the Year, so that was super cool. Especially just my first year was so rough that literally by year three, like, wait, Teacher of the Year, you guys think I can do this? You think I'm good at it too? Wow. <laughs> You know, wow. crazy. Um, and then year four, which was my final year, um, my students had a 93% pass rate. And Whoa, what, what? <laughs> whoa, whoa. Say what? Yeah. That's so huge. 54 to 93. That's huge. What did you do? What, how, did you, how did you do it? Yeah. Um, you start, when you realize what is the like core concepts that they need to really understand, you just start to find better ways of really understanding and relating these core concepts. Yeah. The first year teaching, you're like, okay, you're even going back and be like, what do I need to learn at this 
part again? And then what is the best way to explain this concept? You are kind of rough and like, ooh, maybe that lesson didn't go so great. But by year four, you're like, I have taught this lesson. I know that that usually fails. This works. Mm -hmm. um, continued integration and use of technology. The students started getting Chromebooks. We were able to find programs that helped them. We're able to find what is the best way to really evaluate students and let them know, hey, this is the teak that you're missing in. This is the star that concept you need promotion in. This is a really great prep for star to give students. So you really just start to refine your strategies, refine your techniques, improve how you teach, use technology or things that are interesting to the students. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. When you blow up, I'm going to be like, yo, I know her. <laughs> I know her. She was on my show. Like, I know her. We're friends. Yeah. Like, you can seriously. Point back to this. I'm like, yo, she was on my show. You heard it first. Yeah. Yo, seriously, you're you're a star. That's amazing. I was really proud of my students, right? That's amazing. Like, seriously, yeah. that's, that's huge. Yes. To get those kind of outcomes. Because you always hear these stories of, like, academic failure. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. school's doing poorly. Yeah. And I think that the thing that I'm kind of thinking about right now is like finding good teachers mm -hmm. that actually care, especially in a system where teachers aren't paid very well. Right. How do you, how do you do that? How do you, like, how do you go into a system? How do you go into, you know, an environment where there is underachievement and, and, mm -hmm. and, in some cases, that's the norm. Yeah. Um, and teachers aren't actually paid well and, and actually pull something like that off. How do you do that? I think you have to really have the heart, right? So I had already seen what happened on the other end when people are adults, when people have left high school, mm -hmm. and I've seen the desperation that they are at to try to change their life. Yeah. And it's not that it's too little too late, but it's like, if I could just help sooner. Mm. So it was me going in already knowing, like, no, I've seen outcomes. I, I want to be here, right? Yeah. They made me cry every day. It was hard every day. But I, I knew I wanted to be there. Yeah. And so it just has to be bigger than yourself, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And you have to be committed to it. Yeah. And I was, I don't know committed to it. There's another part of your question or another thought I had, mm. but I can't remember. Just chew for a second. <laughs> what time do we got? We got, we, got a, we got at least a half hour to keep talking. Yeah. Maybe more we can go over. What was the question again? How, you do, how, do you, how do you go into that space where there, oftentimes there can be, the standard is, is below yeah. the, you know, where you should be and that mm -hmm. it's almost acceptable. It's kind of yeah. like, I can imagine in some circles, People be like, oh, 54%, like, that's better than that teacher. Like, mm -hmm. you're cool. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, well, you're in an environment where the kids can be difficult. Teachers are underpaid. Like, they're not making enough yeah. money. Like, where do you find the motivation to, like, produce those kind of outcomes? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how, how, how does that happen? How do, you, yeah. how do you do that? And how can other people do something similar? Yeah. Motivation. I don't know. Just my commitment, my desire to do something bigger. Yeah. With the expectation, I will say that, again, I end up just surrounding myself with really supportive environments. Yeah. And 
I would say my second year when I became math department chair, it's because the assistant principal that was now over the math department, she was supportive. Yeah, okay. She would come into the classroom frequently enough to give honest feedback or good feedback. A, a lot of times you can have a boss that you don't know what I do, but they come in and they like have these, you know, yeah. judgments of your job and how you're like, you don't even know. You don't see what I'm doing day to day, but she, she saw day to day. Right. Mm -hmm. And with her expectation being higher and her holding herself to high expectations, then it's like, yep, you, I'm holding them high. You're holding them high. And I don't, I'm not fighting this battle alone of raising the standard and raising the bar. Yeah. Um, so I think it was a whole environment of that and one of the m biggest reasons I left teaching was in that fourth year I had a co-teacher who was also teaching algebra one early in the year pretty in September she takes lunch and she leaves doesn't come back so now I have my algebra one students and then her three courses sections of algebra one and algebra two right. and we're short on substitutes, so you can't guarantee that he's even going to be an adult in that classroom every day. So who was that on? It fell on me. Wow. <laughs> and somehow it was my job to, like, ma get materials for my class and that class, get materials for Algebra 1 and Algebra 2, yeah. go into that classroom and support the students. Those students would come to me for tutoring because they didn't have anyone. And so the fact that, like, administration was not seeing this big gap. They were just not caring. They were pulling that great assistant principal I had out of the school and putting her somewhere else and our principal getting um, promoted at the beginning of the school year. And so we have like an interim principal. I was just kind of like, district, you're really not even giving this school what it needs to succeed. You're pulling away the support that we need from administration and just giving these big gaps. And then here I am as a teacher, just drowning in the amount of content and students I have to care for. Wow. Um, yeah, that's an so, untenable yeah. situation. Yeah, it was, it was untenable. And, and Did you ever find out why she left? The teacher. Yeah. Um, I think some comment about the students, they're rough, you know? Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Rough. <laughs> so... You exit teaching and move into what? Move into data science. Okay. <laughs> now, I think for the untrained ear, <laughs> that sounds like a huge jump. Mm -hmm. And I'm an untrained ear. Okay. So how, how, why, yeah. why, how, like, what, where do yeah. you, how do you go from teaching and, and, and mind you, you exude passion about like this <laughs> yes. space, right? Yes. So I'm I'm picking up like real passion mm -hmm. for what you did. Obviously, the results that you got show that you care, you yeah. connect, and you care, and you're passionate about your domain and the the the, the kids, the yeah. the people to get those kind of outcomes. Data science, yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> catch me up, like. Uh... It was one of those days you get out of school and you're like texting your friend and you're like, do you want to grab a drink? And she was like, I'm at a coffee shop. And I'm like, we are over coffee we by this coffee, point. Coffee. It is five <laughs> o'clock, right? Coffee ain't going to do it. So 
I meet at the coffee shop. Luckily, here in Austin, a lot of coffee shops also sell alcohol, yep. so I got what I needed. Yeah. And she has another friend join, and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do you do? And he goes, I was a teacher, and now I'm a data scientist. Mm. Again, what is that? What yeah. do you mean? You yeah. know, um, tells me, oh, okay, I'm creating machine learning models. I'm doing the mathematical modeling, statistical analysis, you know, coding, Python. Okay, well, that's exactly what I went to school for. Yeah, yeah, mathematical modeling, statistics, coding. I've got all of that. Well, how did you make this transition, right? Oh, I went to boot camp at Galvanize, looked them up. Um, Looked up the boot camp. They had a cohort that was starting in May. And it was a three-month cohort. So I would go to class May, June, July, graduate in August. And I was like, okay, can I do this? How can I do this? If I stop teaching, I'm still paid over the summer. Um, Can I go to this, you know, boot camp at the same time? Is this something that's really interesting to me? What kind of jobs do you get? He was working at Facebook. So he was like, I'm pretty sure it was Facebook then and not Meta then. But, you know, uh, and so I was like, Okay, wait. And he's like, yeah, you know, leave teaching, immediately doubled salary. And I'm like, okay, well, like, there's some perks here. Because I'm drowning at my job with nine, 12 sections to teach, no administrative support. And you are saying things that I'm like, wait, I had the passion about that back in college. And I never got that job that Mm -hmm. I wanted. Um, Interesting. So. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of like you kind of like went in the circle there where it's kind of like yeah. you could revisit some of the stuff that because i mean you before you were like yo nsa i'm about to <laughs> spy on you yeah. like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> look what you missed now nsa <laughs> see what you missed out on and they probably are listening right now so you you sure. you like had this it's like you come a, around and yeah what a chance encounter that you meet someone who's like Yes. Yeah, like I was a teacher. Like, would you have, do you think you, like, I don't know, I don't want to project here and kind of Mm -hmm. put words in your mouth, but would you have gone down this path had that not happened? I would not know anything about data science. Yeah. Never heard of this. Yeah. Like, I remember in high school, my um, college counselor, she was like, you should major in engineering. And I was like, I don't want to build stuff. Like, what is, like I it had a misconception about what engineering, and now I'm like, oh, I should have been an engineer. Like, <laughs> but it was just like, I'd never heard of this topic, this career that had existed years before me. And computer science was a thing way before, but I'm like, that was never yeah. introduced to me. That was never... Yeah brought up i didn't know about this yeah um so i'm big on awareness now yeah i think i was gonna say like because you had educated parents Mm -hmm. but for them and i guess kind of what i picked up like numbers and that was kind of their thing but you didn't have anyone around you in the tech industry right you didn't know much about that so was this i mean you would have encountered people in tech before but what was different about this encounter where it was like Oh, like tech, data science, like I can do that. Like what was what was different here? Yeah, I think that I realized maybe before it was kind of like, oh, I know there are these big tech companies, but I don't know. I think my idea was more in software development. I don't know how to make an app yeah. or I don't know how to do these things. And so him explaining what he did, I was like, no way, I, I know how to do that. I've done that before. Like, no, I went to school for that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it became possible and real to me that I could do it. Yeah. And it wasn't this like weird off concept misconception of like what is tech? What do those people do? I don't know. Yeah, 
I'm just a lowly teacher over yeah. here in Austin, you know. <laughs> so, so you find out about data science, you find out about the program, and summer's coming up, and they have yeah. a new cohort starting. Yeah. Did you join that one? I did. So you, you weren't wasting time. Well, because it was, it was two options. It was take the cohort that starts in May or take the cohort that starts in, I think it was either August or September. But that meant that I would have finished the program at the end of the year and who's trying to hire in December and over the holidays. And so I was like talking with my mom about this and other people, probably mainly my mom. But (laughs) it was like, we think May is going to be the better start. Um, And it does mean that funny enough it was like the week of the star test was my last week and I was just like y'all I'm leaving but you know I'm here like come back on Monday and take this test and you're good like I've taught you everything y'all know everything you're good you know um so I felt like I left the students at a good time it wasn't going to leave them without right before their big test um I had plenty of time to just like you know still say goodbye and like let them know, like, you guys are ready, you're prepared, you've mm-hmm. got this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so the timing is, is good. Yeah. And like you said, teachers get paid over the summer. So mm-hmm. you kind of maintained your, your job, it sounds like. At what point do you have to separate from that job? Like, yeah. So I did have to, like, you know, still terminate early. Um, and so it was like, Part is, I don't know what percentage that I gave up by just ending the contract, you know, three weeks early, I think. Um, It should have been towards, like, the end of May was the end of school. But I was, like, but I still had, like, partial. And then I used the teacher retirement salary to just kind of supplement. um, Yeah. And so you're now full-time in a boot camp. No, the boot camp in oh yes, when? When are we so talking? So we're talking the end the end of that school year and you're joining that cohort. Yeah, so it was it, like I left teaching on a Friday, Monday morning I'm in class at the boot camp. Okay. Yeah. And it was that a full time? Yes, full time. So this is your new job. Yep. Learning yep. data science. Yes. And it was going to go for 3 months, is that? Yes. What was that like going from teaching classes to like okay now we're about to drill you with all this stuff and like download a massive amount of information over three months what is that like kind of yeah especially because you're you're kind of like this is your job this is your space you're running that so now you're (laughs) diving into a whole sorry for the little mermaid reference a whole new world like you know how what was that like Um, It was very, everyone joked like, oh, why are you going from, you know, teacher to student? And I'm like, yes, very much different side of the coin here, you know. Um, You realize like teaching strategies and maybe you're just kind of like, well, that was a weird way to say that. Or like, am I following? Now you're judging yourself as a student. Like, am I taking right notes? Like, is this what my teacher means by this? Or how do I? Um, Also found that like as an adult learner, it is a lot of Mm self-motivation and inquiry and how much can you investigate Mm. i won't say that i'm not like a hand holder i wasn't if a kid was like miss miss i'd be like hand down like five minutes you got to focus on that before i come back over there you know so i also myself i'm like well i can't be a helpless hand holder like teacher what can you figure out or solve before you go and ask that question or how Mm -hmm. many resources can you use um so it was kind of an interesting flip of coin of like oh shoot now i have to like do all of the things i tell my students to do yeah um yeah (laughs) 
but yeah, it was, it was okay. Yeah. Did you, what do you think was the most challenging part of kind of going through a boot camp? Um, it was, um, imposter syndrome. It was a lot of content, mm. a lot of, do I know this as well as other people know this? There's a lot of, I don't know computer science. I don't know how to use a computer. Not like use a computer, but like, how do you, you know, you have to know like how a computer works yeah. and networks and all of that. And I'm like, no idea. I turn it on. I go, go to Google. That's it. You know? So it was way more that I was like, I don't know this. And here I am again, only girl, only minority class full of guys. Who does she think she is? trying to come to this data science boot camp, right? So that was that was hard, just feeling like I didn't know enough. And at mm. times you're like, yes, Keetra, you have never used the terminal before. This is new. But you'll figure it out, right? And so just trying to, like, stay with that confidence of, mm. like, but I can figure it out. I don't know it. They do know more than me, but I can figure it out. Mm. Did, did the boot camp, did they pro provide support for things such as imposter syndrome and coaching or mentorship through those kind of things? Mm. Or was it just, here's the hard skills? Yeah, I would say, I think there was a career advisor. She may have come in and, you know, said some stuff, but nothing that I can, like, recall. I was like, it was really supportive. What, what there was, though, there was this um, girl that worked at Galvanize in a total different capacity, and I just made a relationship with her, and so... If I was, like, lost or having a down day or feeling bad, it was like, let me go to her. Yeah. She's going to hype me up. Okay. She's going to be like, Keetra, you got right. this. Yeah. She was technical, so she's like, we can, she was a sophomore development, development side, yeah. so not data science side. But, and it was kind of like through her I could, like, vent or get my imposter syndrome out and let her, like, boost me back up. So you, you found your own support. Yes, I found my support. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. There we go. All right, all right. And... As you're going through the program, did you know, like, once you finish, you come out on the other side, what you might end up doing? Or was that like a learning experience through the boot camp of like what, what the possibilities were? Yeah, it was a learning experience because I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, data scientist, but like, and, and for Facebook, like, okay, but like, what does this mean, you know? And so I was going in there. I think one of my first days, I was like, are you guys going to help us find, like, our specialty? Like, what? And I feel like I asked some question about, like, well, what career do I have? And they're kind of like, you don't know that already? was kind of the vibe I got. And I'm like, okay, so uh -huh. I'm going to keep this to myself that I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly, like, what kind of specialty I want or what. Um, and then as time went on and, yeah, I start to meet more alumni and I hear what they're doing or, more importantly, like, where they're working and the types of company and problems they're solving, that's when I was started setting my mind on, this is what I think I want to do. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of company I want to work for. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and did you get a job straight away coming out of boot camp? They say that it takes three months. Yeah. So finished in August and was hired October. Okay. So yes. they, were, they were spot on. Spot on. Hit yeah. the three months. What was your first gig? My first gig is my current gig. Your current gig. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Valkyrie Intelligence, man. Tell us about it. So um, they are a data science consulting firm, a AI consulting firm, applied sciences, all these different ways you can explain what we do. 
But basically, um, we get with clients, we hear their data problems, and we provide solutions. Mm -hmm. So what did that look like? Um, when I onboarded, we were working with an international cruise line, and they had some data problems. They were like, hey, if we spill oil in the ocean, again, the government is going to shut us down. Help us figure this out. Um, so then it became into just kind of studying this machine, studying the data that came off the machine. Is there finding a way to predict when there's maintenance failures? Um, then can we give some alert like, hey, it's time to fix the machine. It's time to do this. We looked at some survival um, survival uh, analysis, looking at different types of cruise ships. Is there one type of cruise ship that survives longer than another? Um, are there different indicators of when something is going to break or fail? Um, and then we also studied their food waste, um, which we thought was really interesting. It was kind of like a side project. Like, yeah, we have this you know problem about oil in the water, but they also really wanted to monitor like how much food was being wasted off of buffets if you've ever been on a cruise mm -hmm. right it's like buffet 24 7 how much of that food do they just have to throw away how much of the food is actually like in the garbage that someone just put a bunch on their plate and then just scraped in because their eyes were bigger in their stomach um so yeah so it started off like just solving these interesting problems right away and continued on do your sorry i'm gonna ask this question and we're gonna talk more about you do okay. your clients know they have a data problem they know they have a business problem. Okay. So they have a business problem. And by the time we've interacted with them, we've identified we could solve it by using machine learning. Yeah. We can solve it by building this technical solution for you. Yeah. Oh, what kind of data are you collecting? We could add some data into that and give you some more insight into your business problem. Yeah, very yeah. cool. So, okay. All right. Been on a whirlwind. I'm like trying to come back to. Like, I know. Sorry. No, no. It's 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 good. It's very. I answer good. that I ramble at the same no, time. No, no. It's 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 good, and 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 we're we're getting there. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about. Keetra the teacher. Okay. No, Keetra the data scientist. Yes. There is a significant. Uh, um earning potential that opens up mm -hmm. when you move into tech. Yes. What was your experience having gone from teaching to data science? Yes. So leave teaching May 2019, get hired October 2019, doubled income. By May 2020, they're like, hey, this is your six-month six month, six month evaluation. We hired you at a low level two. You're actually more of like mid to high level two. I'm like, great. Thank, thank you for you. that. So get the bump. August 2020 comes around. And we know 2020 was a year to yeah, just kind of wake up. Yeah. And so HR goes, hey, we see what you're paid versus your peers, white males. Mm -hmm. Here's another increase. Mm. Great. So that's a year, right? Mm. Six months. And it's just kind of like, well, I've increased my salary by over, it's like 65, 75K at this point. Here I am, the math girl can't do math in her head right now. <laughs> and, you, and like crazy, crazy. So, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. And let's not to add in the unlimited PTO now, unlimited sick days as well, and way more work-life balance. Yeah. So there's, I love teaching. It is a passion, but man, are the benefits in tech just yeah. 
numerous. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's interesting to hear that because I think a lot of people are they think about tech because of you know the outcomes that you just described. Mm-hmm. But I think your story, so much of it, you can you can you can see passion and and, and purpose in that. And we mm-hmm. haven't even I thought we haven't even touched on it. We just skimmed over it, mm-hmm. um, which I'd love to talk to you more about about that as well. Um, you know, the work that you do with, um, in, in the STEM fields and getting people into that, like, ah, yeah. I want to talk about that too, but it's just like, just your day-to-day life and your well-being, like mm-hmm. how much improvement there's been yeah. from, from jumping into tech. I think that's what people are really interested in, why they would be interested in your story for a number of reasons, but yeah. to see that outcome is, is massive. Um, I'm curious about, we've got your financial prospects, like, you know, the, the transformation there. Yeah. And we've seen you you move into a new field. But I'm interested to hear from you, what are your future prospects in data science and tech? Mm-hmm. Like, where can you go? Where where would you like to go? Like, where does Keetra go from here? And I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting across from you. I'm like, like the, the moment you sat down, I, I'm, who am I kidding? Like the moment <laughs> you picked up on Zoom and I'm like, this is Keetra. I'm like, yo, this girl, <laughs> sorry, this woman, I, whatever. Sorry, my, uh-huh. my bad. Uh-huh. She, about to, she about to do something. <laughs> I, can, I can feel it. And so Love I'm sitting that. across from you yeah. right now like, yo, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, because I feel like, I, I like, and I genuinely mean this. Like, thank you. I feel like, I feel like your upsides are huge hmm. because, like I said before, you you have, you you know the domain, you know the the deep technical yeah. stuff, but like you're, you've got this. You know what I mean? And and I I can even tell in your profile you're moving to more like product these type stuff and. Yeah. You could go so many directions. Like what's the upside on your career now that you have this data science piece added to your toolkit? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I was always interested in strategy and I think that has just led me into different opportunities. Um, so yes, product, I told my CEO, I'm like, I think I want to get into product, you know, management. That'd be cool. And he's like, all right, we want to make this racing product go and have a team and do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, um, you know, oh, I want to do strategy stuff. Okay, Keetra will go and build this and create this program and train these people. So it's really nice that I'm at a company where, yeah, I'm like, yeah, data science is cool. But when I had these other ideas and want to branch off, they're like, sure, Keetra, go build and do. And so my next thing in January, I am going to drop from the science team. Um, I'm moving over to the strategy team. I'll be a senior solutions engineer. So working more with our clients to, in the beginning, hear their problems, hear what their goals are, and build out um, Mm -hmm. solutions, build out programs for them that, like, hey, this makes sense for you. This is what it sounds like you need. This is how, you know, it'll impact you. Start to build out more of that. Um, Start to host workshops. So teaching clients, hey, you think you want large language models? Let me teach you about that. Let's talk about it. start to just give more um, assessments of their current data and then, hey, the, where they are with that data pipeline, these are some things you may want to do to become more mature in how you're organizing your data, the governance policies, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so that's 
what's coming up next year is this kind of move over to the strategy team. What is my end goal? I don't know, right? Yeah. There's, there's always that passion for teaching. Mm -hmm. I still love teaching. And I'm glad that I still have two different outlets where I can be a teacher. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I do think, are there different times where, like, I want to put that back into my career? Mm. Leading the workshops is one thing, but do I ever feel that there's more or other platforms that I can teach? Mm. Um, that I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, I also think it would be really cool to, you know, be in the C-suite. And mm. instead of just being over the strategy plan that I have for one single client, if I'm over the strategy for an entire organization, and mm. then it's like, this is how we need to move. This is how we want our technical products to move, or maybe it is another consultancy. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, I'm liking this switch over to the strategy team. I'll probably miss coding some days, but I'll just like hop on when I want to. Like, I feel like doing a yeah. problem, you know? Um, <laughs> so yeah, sad to, sad to leave the hands-on keyboard team, but really excited to join strategy mm -hmm. and just continue to grow there. I was also having a coffee with a friend and she said, you know, C-suites are people who have worked in different departments mm -hmm. because they know a lot about a little all these departments, right? So it's like, okay, great. I feel like I've spent four years on science. I know science. I'm excited to come over and, like, learn strategy. Um, I think that'll also help me see a little bit more of sales than I do now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to be picking up on information and knowledge and just, like, putting things in my tool belt to just uh, get myself up there, you know? That's, that's, yeah, that's. Then you can interview Keetra Nesbitt VP. <laughs> Seriously, we'll come back in a few years and I'll be like, and I mean that in a few yeah. years and be like, yeah, because I can see you, I mean, yeah, don't let me get me started, but <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be like, yo, how did you get here? Tell us what, mm -hmm. what happened mm -hmm. from those, those years in between. Yeah. Um, really, really cool stuff. Let's, let's close out by talking about helping people, because I know that okay. is important to you. Yeah. Um, first, I want, I guess I got two questions for you. One is, is what advice would you have for anyone who wanted to, uh, in a sense, follow in your footsteps and change careers, specifically yeah. move into a tech career? And then a special segment for you, <laughs> which is STEM. And I want you just to talk whatever whatever you want to talk about in that yeah. space. So. Yeah. Give me, give me two, three pieces of advice for someone who wants to move into to tech and then talk to me about STEM. Yeah. Um, okay, so if you're still in high school, pick a STEM major, any STEM major, whatever one you think, whatever science, tech, engineering, math. I think it's now like STEMA or STEMs or something. There's something else on there. Find it. You like biology, chemistry, physics, whatever, major in that. You're going to be the better problem solver. You open yourself up to a lot of doors. Mm. It sounds very like, what in the world do you do with a biology degree? And like, just just go with it. If you like that class, just go with it. Mm. Um, if you're post-college, you're like, okay, well, sorry, girl. already have a different degree. Maybe it's liberal arts. Um, yeah, find a boot camp. Find a program. It also depends on how technical you want to be in tech. Mm. Are you wanting to be a coder? Great. There's so many boot camps out there. I think that I wouldn't say that you need a master's right now. Mm. I, if you want to get into tech, I do not believe that you have to get a master's in order to get into tech, especially if you're just going to be, you know, hands-on keyboard, a developer, software engineer, data scientist, find a boot camp, 
find some coding practice, get out there, get your code on GitHub, have a public repository, let people see your code. Um, when that happened for me, it was also before ChatGPT, where ChatGPT could now create a bunch of your code. Mm. So maybe you just want to like, just know that you know your stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you if you want to be in tech, but you don't care to be technical, hands-on keyboard, um, find roles. There are so many roles in tech organizations um, that just need good, whatever your skill set is, find that match. Oh, okay, I'm good communicating problems or I'm good figuring this out. Okay, great, find that match at a tech company um, and get your like foot in the door that way and then maybe see, okay, hey, what else is there or what other... Um, technical roles or more technical roles are available for someone like me. Mm. Um, use your network. So network with people. Do not just send cold LinkedIn requests. I just blank those out. I do not know you. I have never met you in real life. And then I feel like I don't have a useful network if it's full of a bunch of people I actually don't know, yeah. right? Um, I love to connect with people once I've like met them in person or I saw a talk or I heard a thing and I'm like, hey, great you know, love to connect, saw you in the talk. I even give people just a little blah, this is how, you know, we're connected. Because then that is how you use your network of hearing about other opportunities, about sharing your own experience or what kind of jobs you are looking for. Um, LinkedIn was a big use for me. Um, it wasn't how I got my job at Valkyrie, but it's how I got a lot of my beginning interviews and met a lot of people. Mm. So use your network for sure. You're involved with some organizations, is that correct? Yes. Do you want to talk about them? Yeah. So I am a volunteer teacher with Code to College. Code to College is an organization that helps underrepresented minorities and women students um, get into STEM-related careers. And so it starts in high school, and we just teach them these classes. They get internships in high school. They then get help applying to um, colleges and universities. They get mentorship and support while they are in college, studying their STEM major. And then post-graduation, they continue to help them to then get hired as full-time technical roles. Um, it's amazing. I've been teaching for maybe a year and a half now. Um, I ha will have this past cohort, all girls, love to see it, love to see them coding, love to see them ask questions, love to see them dig in. And I'm so encouraged. I like, I wish I had a class full of girls that was also doing these coding classes with me, but it's, it's just great to see now. Um, and yeah, I still get to teach, still get to hang out with high schoolers. They're fun. <laughs> And Code to College is amazing. So, yes. <laughs> well, there it is, folks. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So, yeah, how can people get in touch with you if they want to um, learn more or they think maybe you could give them some advice or yeah. they want to reach out? What's the best way? Absolutely. LinkedIn. I know before I said, like, don't cold request me, but I'm definitely yeah. an open person. Yeah. I'm... I will meet and get coffee with anyone. That's how I, that's what I did. I asked for a lot of coffee requests on LinkedIn. So I'm always open to do that. Happy to also just get on Zoom. I've done that a couple of times too. Where people are like, hey, can we talk? Can you tell me more about your story or what I should consider? What advice you have? So always welcome to do that. Reach out. Keisha, thank you so <laughs> much for coming on to the yeah. show and telling us your story. Um, providing us the insights of your career journey and giving us a uh, a really good look at um, 
getting into data science, but but I feel like your story is so much bigger than yeah. than that. And I feel like I feel like this is one of those things. I mean, you kind of already foreshadowed this, but there's like a check in, like legging it down a track mm-hmm. where it's like, yo, what's she doing? Now? <laughs> like, what does she get up to now? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm really grateful to have had this conversation with you. Thank you so much for coming on Yeah, the show. thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for letting me just ramble and share my passions yeah. and, yeah, talk about my life. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sprint Hard Iterate Fast podcast. You can find the episode show notes and resources on shifttotech.com. If you need help breaking into tech or advancing your career, join the Shift to Tech community. We're a global community of tech professionals helping with mentorship, technical skills, and providing career transition support. Stay tuned for more episodes in this season, Breaking Barriers in Tech.